here. Setting the uh, new bar for the background. Mr. Cole, what's up, dude? Hey, man, how's it going? It's going well. Second Cole on the show. Um, I guess we'll put up a poll on Instagram who had the better background. <laughs> Thank you. No, I know. I, I, I feel like I'm always like the, the second fiddle of Cole here. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> DIY is always kind of showing me up. Now when I call Seven Enterprise, I have to say this is Cole from Colorado. I have to like specify which Cole it is, man. So if, Cole, if you're if you're watching, thanks, man. I appreciate, it, buddy. <laughs> Cole from Colorado. All right, CC. Yeah. Well, I think they'll get to know you too. You probably have been uh, getting a lot of parts for the mini. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Um, yeah. I'm always I'm always bugging Jack over it. Seven. So that's awesome. Thanks for being on, man. I really really appreciate this. I've been uh, kind of bugging you for the last. Uh, few months now because um we've been i don't know we've been chit-chatting over instagram for a while now and uh instagram has turned into my like new just messaging platform i'm i like always just go on to just hang out with people and obviously my feed is 99 percent mini but i feel like i'm in the messaging platform of instagram all the time i'm just new friends that I've met through uh, the community. So it's been fun, but uh, your, you don't seem to post too much actually on your Instagram, but your story always catches my eye. And I was like, damn, he's building this race mini. Let's talk about this. Yeah, no, for sure. I know. Like I've, I've kind of noticed that I kind of save like posting on Instagram, like on like the main page for kind of milestones in the yeah. build. And then the day to day stuff, it kind of goes in the stories. So uh, if anybody wants to catch up on on my race car build, you'll have to just watch the the stories there. It's 850RS is the the story you'll want to see. Yeah, super cool. We'll, we'll uh, obviously dive into this, but uh, again, thank you for being on. Um, and I'm excited about this one because as I started this podcast, I realized like I really want to start like finding these cool race car builds because I'm selfish and I want to. Uh, hear about that more but <laughs> no offense to everyone else I, I like all the stories but the race cars are cool right yeah let's uh let's jump in i want to i want to learn a little bit more because like i said you know usually when i'm uh, researching this either i know the person a little bit um outside of instagram or their instagram has a bunch of stuff and i'm interested to find out about how you got into minis is it something that you liked as a kid did you kind of fall into it it looks like maybe one thing i saw was you had a black mini at one point yeah yeah no so i mean i've been my mini story kind of goes way back to junior high like junior high like seventh grade we were kind of riding around me and my dad and i saw a classic mini for the first time ever and i thought it was like the coolest thing and at the time, my brother was just starting to, to drive, and he had a Volkswagen Beetle. And so, like, I I had to find, like, my car, right? And I couldn't be like my brother. So I was like, well, Mini, that's that's my thing. And uh, I had to do a website for one of my computer classes in junior high. So I made a website about Minis. And, like, ever since then, it's just been all, all Mini for me. Um, and it took a while to actually get one, right? Like, that's how it goes. You, you start liking them and, and seeing them and 
it wasn't till like after college I had my first like kind of real job where I was making some money mm-hmm. and I, me and a friend were actually driving down the interstate and I saw a classic mini and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I still need to get one of these. So <laughs> like that night I went home, got on eBay and bought a mini like <laughs> dang that <did> night. zero <laughs> research on, on what I should have like actually been looking for. Um, of course found of course. a, yeah, found a, like a, what looked like a really clean, um, 75, you know, mini up in Washington and in the listing, it was listed as a great daily driver, right? <laughs> as they always are. Wow. Nice. <laughs> so bought it. And like, I was, I was communicating with the guy and I was like, Hey, I'm going to fly out and drive it home from Washington. And he's like, Ooh, you might want to bring a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been my like first indication. Right? Ooh. Like, so I, I show up to get this mini and my dad went with me. So we, we took his truck, uh, pulled a little trailer, showed up and the guy hands me a box of parts and says, yeah, it was a great daily driver when I parked it and started taking it apart. And I'm like, oh, dude. Wow. So the car didn't run. And like, I mean, I got it cheap, right? Like, so this was 2006 uh-huh. when I got my first mini. So you could still pick up a, a decent mini for like four grand. Right. So I paid like four grand for this car and uh, it cost me like almost a thousand dollars to go get it right with like hotel rooms, like the gas driving from, you know, Colorado. Right. Um, so I, I get there and I'm like, well, do I want to just ask for my money back or do I just <laughs> take this like box of parts home and figure it out? And it's like, well, I've already spent like a, a grand getting it. So I might as well just like take it home and figure this out. So yeah, that was that was kind of my first foray into the mini ownership was a, a parts box and and a super rusty shell. This was <laughs> that that black mini that I saw on your Instagram. So this it's like a it's a really dark green. Oh, is it? it yeah, uh... it, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, oh, obviously, I see, I like see, Instagram yeah. wasn't a, a thing back then, so right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not too many photos of it on my Instagram, but. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That was, that was the first one. Yeah. Dang. So you were in Colorado still at that time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's great. I love that story. That's funny. Um. So I want to circle back here. You, um, <laughs> you said you built a, or you built a, you uh, made a website about mini in like what your multimedia class in col or in high school. Yeah. Yeah, it was in junior high as a seventh grader. Yep. You know what? That's the funniest thing ever because literally when you said that, I was like, holy shit, I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like build a, it was like, uh, you yeah. know, I had like uh, the mini and it like came on the screen and it had like burnout marks. Like, cause it was also like the time of, at least when I was uh, doing it, it was like Fast and the Furious. So I think it had the the fast and the furious song with the classic mini doing a burnout oh, awesome. on the screen. Oh man. So good. So good. So how long did you have that, uh, that mini for? Oh man. Um, I had it for a couple years, probably two or three years. And, uh, I mean, I grew up on a farm in Nebraska. So like my entire childhood, we were always like pulling old trucks out of the, out of the field, fix them up, you know, make them run use them as daily drivers kind of thing. So I was used to kind of like working on, on shitty old vehicles, really. Um, 
So yeah, I just kind of like got it running, played around with it for a while. I was actually driving like back home, back to Nebraska and the thing and ended up blowing the motor. And like at that time, I, I kind of knew minis, but not well enough. Um, it was just a blown head gasket. I totally could have like fixed it and, and made it work again, but I ended up selling it for a grand to a buddy. Uh. Um, yeah. So it, it was kind of bittersweet. Like it was, it was tough to see that one go, but um, I knew I was going to buy another one. So I quickly got on eBay, bought another one. <laughs> um, and I felt really bad about selling that car. Cause the, the guy I sold it to, and I told him, I was like, it's, it's not great. The motor's done. Like it needs a new motor and it needs some work. He took it home and was going to do a restoration on it. And he lived in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. So he hauled it back to Oklahoma and started taking it apart. And he's like, dude, this thing is so rusty. I'm like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I knew it was rusty, but I didn't know how bad. He's like, yeah, the rear subframe was like holding on by like one bolt. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like Oof. a classic mini style. Oof, yeah. But yeah, so I, I probably dodged a bullet selling that one really. Um, <laughs> well, what did you yeah, have to so do to the, get it running? Yeah. Like when you first oh, man, bought like, it. Yeah, when I first bought it. So really it was just kind of like normal tune-up stuff right like new spark plugs wires that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um the the carburetor was the big thing though it needed a full carb rebuild which wasn't too bad but like i just had my haynes manual um, right this was before like the youtube videos were a big thing right um so yeah i just had the haynes manual just learned how to work on it through that and rebuilt the the carb it, it, it's kind of funny um I've been talking to different parts companies and stuff like that, but I actually called Graham out at, at Heritage Garage yeah. and was kind of telling him what I was working on. And I told him that I wanted to do a full restoration. And he's actually the one who was like, dude, do not restore that car. He's like, it's not worth it. He's like, find one somebody <laughs> else has already restored and just buy that. Yeah. He's like, it's not worth it. And I was like, okay. Wow, that's so funny. That was probably some, some good advice I got from him. Seriously, seriously. There's some that are worth it and some of them just put it together and yeah. drive it and have fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yep. So the the second one that you ended up buying isn't your current one. How many minis have you no. had? So I've had seven classics Dang. and two of the, the BMWs, yeah. Um, the second one was actually one that I owned the longest. And you'll you'll see photos of that one on my Instagram. It's the the green van with the yellow checkerboard roof. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Bought that up in uh, Spokane, Washington. Um, and that, I mean, that was a great car. Why, Again, why I, are you finding all these minis in, in Washington? <laughs> dude, like most of my most of my minis have come from Washington for some reason. I don't know, weird. It's weird. Um, yeah, so that one that one was awesome, and I showed up. And it ran like that was the coolest thing. Like it actually ran. Um, and the the guy I bought it from, John Lorraine, he was a like PDR guy. Like so he would he'd actually been using this van as his like little PDR like runabout. Like so he'd run out and do like PDR work right. out of this like classic mini van. So I thought that was super cool. That, yeah, that's like one of my uh, bucket list cars is to have like a the van as like a work vehicle <laughs> I, I mean I don't, I don't do any work that i would need it for but i would definitely label it as some sort of parts hauler or something yeah that yeah, one's cool it's like oh, for the, sure like that bright green with like kind of like a soft yellow middle part and then the checkered roof i like that yeah, one a lot yeah wow no, it, was, it was super cool and that one came from new zealand so um kind of a cool history behind that one 
at least what I was told, um, the rear windows were cut out, like or like the rear panels were cut out and put windows in. Hmm. And essentially, what they'd do is they'd use that as like the family runabout, but they wouldn't have to pay as much tax because they bought it as a commercial vehicle, uh... so they didn't have to pay as much tax. And then they'd cut out the the side windows, and it came with the the fold up seat option in the back. Right. So it had the it had the rear seat in the the commercial van. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. See, the cars have like crazy stories with people. <laughs> like who would have thought of that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so that one's that one was super cool. And I, I had that one for like 10 years. Um, that one was like one of my favorites. Um, when I bought it, it had a 998. Um, I had a buddy who gave me a 1275 that needed a rebuild, but it came with like twin carbs and, and everything. Um, so I rebuilt that on my, my kitchen table. Um, this was back when I was single, obviously, but we built it <laughs> on my kitchen table, um, threw it in there and, and just had a blast with it. Wow. That's awesome. Super fun. I mean, I commend people like you that have had multiple minis and still don't own them all. That's, the, <laughs> that's probably the hard part, right? I mean, outside of the one that you're like, oh, you were younger, it blew up or whatever. And you're like, all right, I, need, I just need out. I've been there. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to set yeah, this on yeah. fire. Someone take it. Oh man, no. I mean, I'm classic, like always selling a project to fund the next project kind of thing. Like I wish I had them all still, but um, it's been good though. Like I, I kind of love that, like pass it on, like be the caretaker for a little yeah. while and then pass it on, let somebody else enjoy it. I agree. Um, actually, I, yeah, I recently tracked down the new owner of my van because I sold it back in 2017. Um, I tracked down the new owner and he lives up in Washington. So it's funny. So what? the car came from Washington <laughs> to Colorado and then back to Washington. Um, I it, went to school over like, there yeah. and I didn't see any classic minis. What the <laughs> Really? <laughs> Actually, I went to school in uh, Idaho, but I lived in Washington at the time. But <laughs> wow. What the? Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like and, that. Huh? And my old van's for kind of for sale, semi for sale. Like if anybody is looking for uh, a sweet van project. Um, I mean, it still runs like the, the guy who has it says it still runs great. Um, it's not the same 1275 that I had in there. Um, I actually ended up swapping it out before I sold it. Um, <laughs> just cause I kept the, the one that I built and put it in my next car. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I'm going to be looking for it. I like that van. That one's cool. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's, it's cool. Yeah. I hear you on the wanting to fund other projects and kind of move it on and, I wanted to do that when I got my S. I was like, let me just sell my current one and fund this project. And then I was like, but it's my first mini. Like that was my, <laughs> you know, I waited so long because of my, I got that when I was, I don't know, almost 30, I guess. So yeah. um, I waited that long to get it. I was like, I can't get rid of it now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I know. yeah. No, for sure. I mean, there's always something special about the first one, right? Like, I, yeah. I kind of wish I had the first one, even though it was a basket case. Like, exactly. I kind of wish I still had it. But yeah, 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 yeah. I keep making excuses, like, well, it's not really special. It's a Rover Mini. But then I was like, but it's a <laughs> it's a Cooper, so it kind it could yeah. be. But I've already, you know, it doesn't look like it anymore <laughs> anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> All right, let's yeah, jump no. into the the most current one. This is the one that um, you know piqued my interest. Uh, 
were you looking for a race mini? Did you know this was a race mini when you were looking at it? Or Oops, sorry, tell me a little bit about how you found this one and, and what your uh, goals were with it. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so this one, I, I kind of knew about this car for a long time. So I'm I'm a member of the Minis of the Rockies Club out in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple guys that, that raced minis out there. And... I love racing. Like I raced carts for a while and I always knew that I eventually wanted to get into like a race mini, like a, a vintage mini. Um, and so I'm going to actually back up a little bit before this one. Sure. Cause it's a, it's a little bit deeper story. So in 2017, I bought a 997 Cooper race car from, from a guy in the club. And the plan was I was going to actually put the 1275, out of the van into this race car, this 997 Cooper race car, and just continue racing it with the RMVR race club. So Rocky Mountain Vintage Racing out of Denver. Okay. That was the plan. So I buy this car, and I get it home, and I drove it around the block. So it still ran, so I drove it around the block, pulled the motor out to start the motor swap with my my other motor, and there's a few things I wanted to do. Like I wanted to put in a, a different cage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I start taking this car apart and I start really realizing how rusty the shell really is. And every minute you expect some rust, but there was, there was way more rust than I <laughs> had seen in a mini before. Like I had my shop light underneath the car and I was doing some stuff like patching some stuff in the, um, wheel wells in the in the rear, yeah. and like when I got in the car, it just looked like the Milky Way. Like you could see all the stars shining through uh, yeah. the wheel well, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, okay, so there's some rust here." <laughs> so it's to like just start picking away, like thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna like just kind of patch here and like fix the the rust as I go." And I just kept cutting away and kept cutting away, and at a certain point, I, I was sitting there and I was like, "I have a roof left. Like that's all that I have left is a roof." <laughs> is this the like, uh, I don't have any the green mini with the British racing or excuse me uh, yep. the British flag on top? Yep, yep, that's the one. Okay, um, yeah. So I got to a certain point where I had a roof left, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't have any of like the suspension pickup points to measure to get this like body straight. Like trying to weld this back together. So I ended up actually um, taking that out to boot to bonnet um, restoration out in California, mm-hmm. where that that shell's actually still out there. I was going to say, um, I feel like I've seen that shell before somewhere floating around. So maybe I've seen him post about it. Yeah, yeah, he's posted about it. Um, and, I mean, it's it's a fully rebuilt built shell now. Yeah. Um, the the tricky part was, like, once once we got the shell rebuilt, like, I started adding up the, the cost. And I'm like, I can't race this. Like, there's just too much money in this car. I can't race it. Um, so then I'm sitting there like, well, what do I do? So that project shifted from being a vintage race car into just like a full on like 997 Cooper restoration. So it's going to be like all original um, 997 Cooper. So I, we've rebuilt a 997 motor. It's ready to drop in. Um, so then I'm sitting there like, okay, so now I have a 997 Cooper, but I still don't have a race car. <laughs> and um, so then I, I just kind of started thinking like, what am I going to do? You're right. Like, um, thought about different options and the blue car behind me, like it wasn't ever for sale. 
but Pete, the guy who, who previously owned it, he knew that I, that I was into minis and I'd always bugged him about his car. Like when are you going to sell it to me? Um, <laughs> and he, he kind of reached out to me and was like, Hey, like, you know, I, I unfortunately can't pass a medical, so I can't race anymore. I'd love to see it, you know, continue racing and I'd love for it to stay here in Colorado. And I, I, I proposed this to my wife and she's like, uh, are you sure? Like, is this a, is this a good idea? You haven't finished your other car out in California. I was like, well, well, while I'm waiting for that one, I'll have another one I can work on. And like, I kind of was thinking about it and I was like, man, I don't know if I can afford, afford another race car. Cause like, I, I assumed it was going to be pretty pricey. Like he, we never talked about price or anything like that. Right. And the wife's like, well, just, just talk to him, see what he says. So I, I was kind of talking with Pete and I was like, well, how much do you want for this car? And he's like, well, I really wanted to stay in Colorado. He's like, he's like, how about $4,000? And I'm like, dude, like that's a screaming deal for a race car. And I mean, it had a roll cage. It had, right. you know, everything that you, you pretty much needed to, to go racing. I was like, oh man, like I'd love to, but even like right now, four grand, like where I'm still working on a restoration is a little bit much. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I kind of hemmed and hawed and like a couple months went by. And it was actually kind of funny. Like I watched another mini sell on bring a trailer that, that red mini from Pat Weber. Yep. Another Colorado car kind of coincidentally. <laughs> um, and it sold for $32,000. And I, I told myself, I was like, you're an idiot. If you don't go buy this mini for $4,000, yeah. you'll never get another yeah. like race mini for $4,000. Yep. So I called Pete and I was like, are you, are you still down? for that price. And he's like, yeah, that'll, that'll work. And so, yeah, just went and got the deal done. Um, it's kind of funny though. So the title that he sold this to me with, it shows it as a 65 mm -hmm. Austin. And when I was initially looking at it, I was like, I know this isn't a 65. It doesn't have like the recess windscreen or anything like that. Like this is definitely an older car. And I was thinking maybe like a, like a, 60 61 something like that mm -hmm. but I, I started digging in more into the details and the way the floor is is actually layered um this is a really early car it's a 59 because it has the floor is actually below like underneath that tow board the wow. way it's layered yeah yeah so it's a so it's a 59 and i even reached out to the the 59 register and kind of ran it by them and showed them them pictures and they think it's probably like october november of 59 is when this car was built wow incredible <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah super cool like to kind of dig that history um and then i was actually looking in the um like companion bins in the back and there was some original paint still in there and like looking at that paint it's clipper blue so looking on the 59 register the only minis that had clipper blue in 59 were the morris so i've kind of traced it back to being actually a morris 850 instead of the the austin that that he had sold it to me as wow dude that is that's super cool i had no idea uh about any of that um it's and yeah i mean incredible like I, i've been in that situation where you're like you know a mini pops up or so, whatever it is and it's like four grand you immediately think like damn that's a great deal like if anyone else was like 
<laughs> approaching that, you'd be like, oh, dude, go get it right now. But when it's yourself, I'm like, Shut up. like when I had my, my S was for sale, someone sent the link. I was like, oh, you know, it was like, I think it was listed for two grand. And I was talking yeah. to my wife. I was like, oh, you know, like that's a lot. <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot. But like, you know, it's like I don't want to. I'm bad yeah. at spending money. And I was like, two <laughs> two grand up front. That's a lot, you know. And she's like, don't yeah. be an idiot. And she went and lowballed the guy for me, so my offer sounded better. I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, no, 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 I know. Like thinking about it, like when I'm saying four thousand dollars for this car. Like thinking about what you got your S for, it's like, well, shit. Like this is this is expensive compared to your S. So. <laughs> but but now you think about it though, like you've you've uh, um, traced it back to being a '59. More is like like there's not that many of those, right? Like that's probably you know up there with a, a Mark One S, right? Like those are those are few and far between. I would assume. I don't think there's that many of yeah. them. Right. No, for sure. They're, they're pretty rare, especially here in the States. Right. And this was yeah uh, an export car. So this one was sold in, you know, probably California or something originally. It, I know that this one does have race history in California as well. Um, so yeah, this was probably a California car, which I did a lot of research on like the actual correct name of the car. Right. So um, in the UK, it would have been a 1959 Morris mini minor. But in the States here, like early on, it would have actually been called a Morris 850. Like it didn't have anything about Mini or anything like that in the name um, for the export cars. Yeah. And so I actually did track down a Morris 850 badge, like an original Morris 850 badge for the back of it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't put it on yet because race car, you don't want it to weigh too much. <laughs> Every ounce matters, right? Every gram, Every right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was I was weighing lug nuts the other day, like, to see which set of lug nuts were lighter. Like, I, it's... <laughs> you went down that rabbit hole hard. Yeah. I love it. Oh, man. What did oh, it yeah. end up weighing? Did you, did, I, did you weigh it? I forget. Yeah, yep. So, with fuel, oil, water, everything, it's 1223 is wow. the weight. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome because it has a full cage, but it's pretty much gutted inside outside of that. This one seat, no carpet or anything, right? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it does have like a full, like full cage, um, inch and a half DOM, 095 wall, like so proper, like proper, you know, tubing for the, the roll cage. Um, and I have door bars, like everything. So I made it really safe, but like also trying to keep it as light as possible. Yeah, let's let's actually just get into that since um you know I'm yeah I'm not, I'm sure everyone doesn't follow you but um describe your mini for you and I I know we said it's sitting behind him for it's this awesome it's got a cool little livery blue it's some cool features to it so why don't you jump into it and kind of describe what you've done to it or how it came to you what you've done to it the engine all of that kind of stuff yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, and I, I actually love the blue of this car. Um, so the the guy I bought it from, he already had the the exterior painted this way, and um, he took it down to Mako and got like a five hundred dollar paint job on it, and just like picked out a, a random blue color, and like I absolutely love it. Like I thought about like repainting it because it's like super close to surf blue, but it's not quite right. Um, I ended up taking the door down to the local paint shop and had them scan it. And the color is actually a Robin's egg blue from Chrysler. So nice. it's kind of funny. I have a Chrysler color on my car. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so essentially 
what I did when I got the car. Like I, I knew that I wanted to like kind of revamp it and just kind of bring it up to modern spec, right? Because it's it was built probably in the the sixties or seventies to race. So the the roll cage, the roll cage, I don't think was actually made out of tubing. I think it was made out of pipe. Um, <laughs> So not really what you want for like your safety safety device there, um, and it was an inch and three eight pipe, um, and it was actually super heavy. I think that the old roll cage that I took out actually weighs about the same as the new roll cage that I put in. Um, but yeah, so that was that was kind of a, one of the first things I did. I, I cut out the old roll cage, um, and it was kind of funny. I I don't know who built this roll cage, but like when I cut it out like i was looking on the back side of the welds where you couldn't see it like they didn't weld like like they just didn't weld on the back side of those joints that you couldn't get to so it's like super sketchy um but yeah so that was like kind of like the first thing i did take that out and i have a really good friend out here hank who worked at a restoration shop for like for forever and uh he lives like a, a mile away from me so i actually pushed the car over to Hank's house, like pushed it, physically pushed it over to Hank's house. Um, and he has like a, a tubing bender and stuff like that. So we, we used his tubing bender, bent up this, like, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about the, the roll cage. It's pretty, pretty well done. I think, um, all to, to kind of my own design that I, I just looked at other minis and just kind of like, kind of cherry picked like ideas that I liked and, and kind of came up with my, my own cage. Did you start stripping it right away and kind of bringing it up to, up to date? Do what was like kind of your plan had it, uh, it already had a race engine. Is that the one that you rebuilt or? Yeah. So, so that was like the first thing, like I, I got it home and just like started stripping it out, like taking the, the roll cage out. Um, the the motor okay so here's here's actually one of the other reasons why I ended up with this car so in 20 I think it was 2015 or 2016 Pete was racing out at High Plains Raceway and had a Cooper S motor in there like an original Cooper S like number on the the block and everything um and threw a rod through the side of that block and just like destroyed the motor Eek. and yeah so that's that's kind of actually when the the car got parked and he ended up buying a Cooper motor, like a 998 Cooper motor from our, our friend Jim Kennedy. Um, funny story about that 998 Cooper motor is I owned that about eight years ago and had it in the, the car that I'm sitting in. So if you're, I know you're probably listening and not looking, but like I'm actually sitting in half of a mini right now. Right. And um, when I wrecked this car, I had that 998 Cooper motor in this car. And um, so just kind of like full full circle here. Let's hope it has better juju this time. Is that, is <laughs> that your racing. garage couch? Yeah, it's my garage couch. Yeah. So, <laughs> so technically, cool. I own two and a half minis, right? Since I've got there you a, go. a half but, couch here, but but yeah. Like so that. so that's that's how Pete ended up with that that nine nine eight Cooper motor. He bought it. He was going to put it into the car, but he just never never really got around to putting it into the car. Um. And I, I had actually talked to Pete about that that motor, and I was like, "Hey, man, like I hit a pole at like 40 miles an hour with that motor. Like I would definitely take it apart and like check everything to make sure everything's still straight because I hit that pole pretty hard." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine." 
And so then I ended up with the motor, right? And he still hadn't checked it out. And I'm like, oh man, like, so when I was going through the, the rebuild process, like I took the, the crank to like a, a machine shop and had them balance it and just make sure it was straight. Cause I thought for sure I meant something when I hit that ball, but no, the, the motor was good. Um, you know, it's a, it's a fairly stock 998 motor. Um, it does have flat top pistons, so it doesn't have the original D tops. But it's got a 202 head, not the 295 head. Um, so good compression. Um, I did the calculations on it, and it's like a 10.9 to 1 um, compression ratio. So good compression. Um, I did get like a light and flywheel from like mini spares. I didn't go for a swift tune. I'd love to someday, but, um, you know, race cars are expensive to build. So yeah. I had to kind of go budget, budget for now. Um, and, yeah, so pretty pretty good spec on the motor and i actually just got it running um and took it to the local actually to the local cart track for like a little time trial day just to do a shakedown before i actually go to driver school um car runs great man i'm super happy with it it's got the weber dcoe 40 carburetor um yeah so pretty good little spec motor yeah it, it was awesome i loved uh super inspirational watching you build it and just being pretty meticulous with it but like you said you, you know you weren't balling out on all the the big bolt-on parts but like you made a lot of parts too or or brackets and things like that for your car which is super fun to watch um that's one thing that i you know really want to try to get into is um I, I, i'm drawing a blank on what it's called but i don't know 3d not 3d printing but 3d design would you call yeah. it i don't know super so how yeah. did you get into yeah. that um, so I don't know, back in like 2013, I was actually trying to, um, start a company selling carbon, like, like flat pack carbon is kind of what I was calling it. Essentially what I was doing was designing parts in CAD and then having them cut with like a, a CNC router. And I was making some just little, like almost like trinkety stuff, right? Like, right. um, um, timing cover stuff, um, the bulkhead plates. Like pretty much anything that's flat in a mini, like I was cutting it out of carbon and, and trying to make it light. Um, turns out though, like most people who own minis just want them to be original. <laughs> so there's not like a huge market for like little carbon pieces. I, I mean, I sold some to like Belgium and like um, sent some to South Africa, but it just, there wasn't like a huge market for it. So mm -hmm. I didn't really do too much with it, but I actually still have some of those pieces. So I have some on my car. Um so that's kind of like how it started. And, and then actually like when I started building this car, I had been watching, um, Mike from Stanceworks build that, that Ferrari. Yeah. And like, he kept talking about like fusion 360 and like send cut send and all this stuff where he was designing parts, sending it to send cut send. They'd send him like a laser cut, like CNC bent part back and he could just like bolt it on. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, And I had no experience designing in 3D. Like I had done like just like 2D designs previously. Um, so I hadn't really done any like sheet metal stuff. So I just kind of like would Google like how how to make a, a flange and stuff like this and like all the, the different ways to like create this stuff in Fusion 360 and just kind of learned it that way and just started making, making parts for the, the race car. Um, it was, it was super fun to kind of learn that process and 
you get to be very accurate. Like, I mean, I have the calipers out just measuring like, you know, down to the thousandth of a, of an inch, making sure that like everything's like super accurate. Right. Um, I think one of the, my favorite pieces, like one of the, the favorite pieces that I made was actually my switch panel. Um, like I bought the Swift tune switch panel, like the, the cool, um, aluminum piece. And then it has the plastic box on top. Well, what I did is I like designed like my own insert that goes into that plastic box. And like, I had to be like super accurate with like the measurements so that it would like fit in there and like look, look right. And then I actually did like a, a layered approach. So like the, the top layer has like the, the labels cut out for each switch. And then I have the bottom layer and then I painted the top layer black and left the, the bottom layer that, that raw aluminum. So it kind of pops, but right. yeah, that was kind of one of my, my favorite pieces. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Cause you made, did you make the third brake light? You made like a engine, um, uh, bracket to like lift the engine out in and out and stuff like that. You've made a lot of really cool things that it's like, I, I always see it. I'm like, damn, why didn't I think of that? Like, I want to start, like, I keep like jotting down notes. I'm like, I need to like, like that. I would want to do this. I can, I'm, I need to learn how to design this so I can make that. Cause it's just like, they're little cool things that it's, um, kind of personalizes your car. Um, that's not necessarily for me, at least not necessarily making it like, uh, it's like a, a new age period mod, right? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. right. Like it's like, if no, the guys sure. back in the sixties building that race car had this technology, they would have done this instead of forget to weld the inside of the roll cage. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I mean, I, and that's what kind of what I love is like everything on here is just kind of like a personal touch. And so I, I do want to do want to mention though, that third brake light is actually from Lumo racing. Um, oh, okay. In that's South right. Africa. They, they made the, um, the mirror brackets and that, that third brake light, gotcha. which, um, Dan and Ray are super cool down there in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, Ray has like one of the cleanest minis I've ever seen. Like, that thing is just amazing. So shout out to those guys. And they're actually the ones who designed my, my livery as well Yeah, with the, the custom like vintage numbers. So yeah, super stoked. Those guys are, yeah, I wanted to ask, awesome. yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, because I know that you've worked with them on the livery and I, yeah, I forgot that you, they did the, uh, the light, but yeah, they're yeah. super cool. I followed them for a while and, and, um, definitely somebody that i want to have on the podcast later on for sure yeah no for sure man um, so how do yeah, you feel no, shaking um, it down oh it feels so good um i took it out um did like six sessions in the car and <laughs> unfortunately there is an oil leak so i've already pulled the motor back apart um, dun, dun, dun. right man um i bet like i don't want to like kind of talk shit about the parts suppliers but <laughs> modern mini parts are kind of shit right now like i i have a brake caliper that i bought from uh one of the reputable um part suppliers got it and i tried bleeding the brakes and couldn't like i just couldn't i couldn't figure out what i was doing wrong i had my buddy hank over and like we were trying to bleed the brakes for like 30 minutes and couldn't figure out what we were doing wrong i actually pulled the caliper apart and the banjo bolt that screws into the top like threaded hole there, like next to the bleed nipple. Yeah. Like when you thread that in, it actually blocks the the oil galleys, like the the fluid galleys. So the 
caliper isn't actually communicating to the bleed nipple and it's not communicating to the other half of the the caliper what? and like i couldn't believe this right because like you buy a brand new caliper you think you're going to get a part that you can just throw on right yeah. and so like finding this issue and they haven't been super easy to deal with so i i like told them it, like right away what was going on they're like hey sorry you're having to deal with a, a shitty part we'll send you another one so they sent me another one the next one shows up same exact problem i'm like dude you guys have a bad batch or something and they're like, well, you're the first person to say anything. I'm like, so I'm like the unluckiest like mini owner. I've gotten two bad calipers and everybody else is fine. So I don't know. Just kind of wow. kind of a bummer. And then like the the week before that that shakedown like time trial event, I hadn't I still hadn't started the motor yet, right? So like I I take the spark plugs out and I'm cranking it over to get oil pressure and I had done the normal grease in the oil pump to prime it when I did the rebuild and I'm sitting there and like nothing, I couldn't get oil pressure. So I pull the, the banjo bolt, put oil in from the top, put it in, you know, fourth gear and roll it backwards just a little bit. And I can see the pumps working. And so it kind of sucks it back in. So I put a little more oil in, just kind of really do everything I can to prime this, this oil pump, Right. put it all back together. Still nothing. I could not get oil pressure. So like, again, a week before this event that I'm trying to make it to, and I'm pulling the motor back out, have to split the motor apart and get to the center oil pickup and the flange where they had actually brazed the center oil pickup to the flange, there was a pinhole. So it was sucking air and it wouldn't catch a prime. So again, Hank Hank to the rescue, Hank comes over with his, his equipment and we brazed up that pinhole and I slapped the motor back together and within 10 seconds it had oil pressure wow. like so brand just, new oil pickup too brand, yeah brand new oil pickup and it's just kind of like a bummer to to kind of like get let down and then the oil leak so back to the oil leak that i found after the um the time trial event so that half moon seal on the timing cover end that goes between yeah. the the block and the the gearbox yeah so i put the high the higher performance like the rated one that's like the the semi-rigid one yeah yeah right i put that in there and when i dropped the gearbox onto the the motor i didn't realize that that little half moon seal was just a little bit short so it's got a gap and when the motor's running it pours oil out that so i had a a pretty good oil leak um so yeah that was that was this week i was actually pulling the motor back apart I always thought that like rigid one, like I I can't like in my head, I can't picture it being better because it like, I feel like the little bit softer one malleable can get squished in there better. Yeah. I I think from now on, I'm going to stick with that, that softer one. So, yeah, I was super nervous when I was putting that in on my engine. I was like, this is going to, this is going to leak. This is, (laughs) I just put, I think (laughs) I forget who, where I read it, but I put like just a little bit of, um, rvt on it just so it would like kind of stick in place and i was like making sure and damn yeah, actually yeah. I, my engine didn't leak at all it well i lied I, right when i st- like um put fluids in it immediately the head was leaking like water out everywhere i was like what the fuck? <laughs> I, don't was, I don't know if it was the head and the head studs yeah. or the bad gasket or what but yeah it was that was but anyway no oil leaks so i was very surprised yeah. no, that's awesome <laughs> 
awesome. Well, moral to the story for everyone listening, don't trust new parts. Inspect everything very thoroughly. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. It's it's uh yeah, it's crazy. Especially <laughs> I mean I am thankful that we do have so many suppliers out there that we can still get parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because think about all those other cars, like vintage cars who struggle to get any kind of parts. So we, we are lucky, right? That we, we have yeah. them. I just wish sometimes the parts were better quality. But then yeah. But then I also don't want to pay more. So like it's it's that double edged sword. I don't know. I just have to Yeah. Yeah. There's majority like if I can do if I can rebuild original calipers i'll probably do that but like there's it's so easy to just buy new and and a lot, majority of it it's pretty affordable like you yeah. can you can get a whole brand new like high low suspension and arms and everything for a couple hundred bucks but um yeah there's certain things that are definitely definitely in, inspect the one thing that really bothers me with new parts is like the rubber bits like just none yeah. of them work at all no they just like no they're for sure. done before you even get the car back on the road it's crazy no it is it is frustrating i mean we are we are super lucky with all the the parts coming out of japan now as well yeah. Yeah. like i just i just actually upgraded to those uh, maintenance free ball joints and super stoked with those they're super expensive right like it's hard to like justify the additional cost but then you get them yeah. and you're like oh no this part's yeah. worth it like this is for sure this is worth it I think they're starting to make uh, better quality, like dust boots and and things like that as well. But yeah, I um, I want to get um, I think his name's David, right, from Classic Mini yeah. Japan. I want to get him on and and uh, hopefully maybe one day and and talk about that kind of stuff too. Because man, I love that's a huge bucket list list of mine. Um, is I never was really into like Japanese cars per se. Like I wasn't like a JDM fanboy, but as I like grew up and I realized like their car culture and attention to detail on things is just second to none. And it's incredible to see, you know, at least their mini scene and all their other car culture is, is fantastic. I love it. No, for sure. I was actually down in um, Austin, Texas for work out at mm -hmm. um, circuit of the Americas and a guy showed up with a, a classic mini in he's from Japan. Like, so the guy's from Japan, like super cool guy. And like all the little details were all, I mean, that mini looks exactly like every mini or like all the minis from Japan, like all the cool little like mods that they make, like the vertical windshield wipers and stuff like that. And like all yeah. the cool little details that they do. Right. And so it was cool to see that mini here in the States. And he actually took me for a, a ride around circuit of the Americas in that car is super cool. Dang, that that's cool. Yeah, um, their their like attention to detail on that kind of stuff is is fantastic. No, um, I wanted to not... ask you. I I don't know if if I misunderstood, but do you still have that other one, the other green mini that was in? Is it still yours, or you sold it to them now? Um, the one that you sent to California. No, it's it's still mine. Um, <laughs> so you're still being worked on in the back scene. Okay, so interesting. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's. Um, I mean, I'm. It's just one of those things. It's at the restoration shop. It's kind of waiting its turn for the the paint booth. Um, it's kind of dangerous though, because like just this morning I was thinking, you know, maybe I should just turn that into a vintage race car. <laughs> so I, did, I need Nick to. Did like, you listen to Don's so I... car, Don's uh, interview? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah. Right? He's just, what it, I, I don't know his exact verbiage, but it's only money. It can be fixed. I, I know, right? <laughs> well, and like, I feel it's you. Funny. Though, I so, feel one of the one of the next projects on the the race car here, um, the wife really wants me to build a set of seat brackets that will work for her. <laughs> so, I'm kind of thinking she's probably going to end up taking over this this race car and. Um, so then I'll need my own race car. So I'll, I'll have to build the other one. Awesome. Yeah. She's, so, she's quick too. So like we used to race carts and like, I couldn't keep up with her. Really? Um, she's, she's, yeah, she's a really good driver. So does she have a project, uh, race car or no? No. That's why yours is going to no. turn into it. Yeah. Oh, dang. That's fun. That'd be super cool. That's what I always say. Once I get mine kind of both running, I like one of his and hers, but I don't have any racing to do here. Although... I just saw a couple weekends ago Ventura Fa- County Fairgrounds I think was holding the um a uh, autocross although I think it got oh, canceled nice. because of the rain but hopefully that's uh, a little more regular I'll jump over on and jump into that. The no, last thing cool. I want I know like, go go sorry. No, I was just going to say I like you definitely need to to do some racing with that Cooper S like keep that history going man. Yeah. You got to write the next chapter for these cars. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I actually, um, kind of an update. It's like once every year. I I keep texting the guy I got it from, who really didn't know anything. But I was like, man, is there any way you could find out the history of this this car? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. Let me just ask my buddy. It was his grandpa's. And I was like, all right, cool, cool. Like I'd really appreciate that. And like I, you know, of course I knew he wasn't going to text me back. So like a couple <laughs> weeks later, I texted him crickets. So. I'll, I'll keep hitting him up. He'll eventually yeah. I'll get the story. <laughs> just like, dude, just no, give me the guy's awesome. number. I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> the one uh, thing I wanted to ask you, I don't think I've ever asked you before the, the headlights in your race mini, they're like mesh. Does that actually pump fresh air into the engine bay or, or is that just kind of cool for looks? Um, I mean, technically, yeah, it's, it's letting more air into the engine bay. Um, I thought about like doing some ducting to like maybe cool my brakes or like feed that Weber like some really fresh air. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Vintage racing like the the regulations are kind of depending on which club you race with, like you have mm-hmm. to be really careful. And I want this car to be able to race with all the different clubs, you know, whether it be SBRA, uh CVAR, um HSR. So I every time I make a change, I I go through and look at everybody's rule book and just make sure that it's going to going to work. Mm-hmm. Um so that's something that I still need to research and just make sure that would be legal. Um, with RMVR, the the club I'm going to race with, they wouldn't have a problem with it. But again, just kind of want to keep it legal across the board. Fun, fun. Is there a um, dyno or something around your area that you can uh, get it dyno tuned or? Well, no, I mean, yeah. Um, so I went to the the race shop here. Um, he mostly deals with like people with like Porsche race cars and, Mm -hmm. and formula cars and stuff like that. And he's been super helpful. Um, he actually mounted the tires for me. Um, the new Hoosiers. Yeah. And, um, I went in there and I was talking to him and I was like, Hey, do you know anybody with the dyno around? He's like, well, I've got a dyno. I was like, Oh, sweet. Like, cause I'd really like to, to tune my, my Weber on the dyno. He's like, you don't need to tune your Weber on the dyno. He's like, just whatever the car's telling you, just do that. Like, I was like, huh? like, cause everybody else is like, no, you need to put the, you need to put the car on a dyno to get the best out of it. Right. And 
Yeah, old school Porsche guy is like, no, nah, you don't need a dyno. He's like, like just put a screwdriver to, to it and <laughs> listen through the screwdriver, the smell yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, no, so, and, I mean, it was super cool. Like, he gave me all these, like, little tips on how to tune a Weber just by just by feel, like, what right. the car is doing. And, like, I took the car out to that, that little time trial shakedown event. And just through what he kind of had taught me, like, I got the car running, like, not perfect. There's still a few things I need to kind of work out. But, like... The carbs, carbs are running great. Super cool. Yeah, I haven't um, really researched uh, Weber's too much, but um, when I got my um, SU's rebuilt and stuff like that, I was kind of like dug into it a little bit, and it's it's really interesting because you could you could get it dialed in pretty good with just drive it, take it around the block, rip it. How's it driving at low RPM versus high RPM? What are the, you know, I know a lot of people say don't look at the spark plugs anymore with the modern gas or whatever, but it's still, you could totally tell yeah. if it's rich or lean and if you hear some pops or whatever it is, but yeah, it's, that's fun. I like kind of messing with that and kind of feeling the butt dyno. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, honestly, the, the Weber compared to an SU, I, I love the Weber. Like, it just makes more sense in my brain. Like, yeah. oh, like when you're at, like, you know, full throttle, it's doing this, you change the main circuit or the air corrector. Like with the SU, it's like, well, like if you change the needle, it changes like the whole, the whole thing, right? Like, so right. It's, it's just, I don't know. The Weber, the Weber makes sense in my brain. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it does. It's like uh, the SU is a little more simple, whereas like, all right, you just got to look at the graph of the needles or, or profile it yourself. But <laughs> yeah, yeah it, w- it would be a little bit easier if it's like, all right, I need to change the main jet versus what, a, you know, I don't even know anything about it. But you know what I mean? There's more aspects to it that you can kind of mess with without messing with the other one. No, for, for sure. sure. Like my buddy Brian, like he, he goes down these rabbit holes. Like he is like so smart with this stuff. And like he's like with his SU, he was tuning it. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, you know, like massaging it in this range here to get this RPM to run better. And I'm just like, dude, like that is so much work, like so much work. And he's got all these like graphs off of mini lamb and stuff like that, where he's like figuring out exactly which needle he needs and, yeah. and stuff. And it's, it's funny because he recently just started digging into the, the distributors and like now he's like, he's tuning his own distributor, like correcting the weights and stuff like that and the spring tensions to get the right distributor curve, you know, for the advanced curve. And I'm like, dude, like, (laughs) yeah, that's, 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 that's rough. (laughs) I went down the graph rabbit hole. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like squeaking out like a quarter of a horsepower. Yeah. He's got a 1275. That's like rebuilt, ready to go in the car. And he's like, well, I just want the 850 to run right first. And I'm like, dude, like, that is amazing. Like I love the dedication to like getting that thing tuned perfectly to yeah. then swap it out for a twelve seventy five. That's funny. That's fun. It's fun though. Like uh, we've all been there with something, but uh, oh, yes. for sure, for sure. Whatever you want to nerd out on, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, it gets a little like with the distributor. It's like oh, I'll just get an electronic one that does it itself. <laughs> Dude, right now, for sure. I'm I'm running the Alden Red, like the race distributor in the, in the race car, um, non-vacuum advance. And, and my buddy's like, you could probably get more power if you were doing this with your distributor. And I'm like, man, like I'm just leaving the Alden red in there. Like, we'll see what happens. So I've always wanted to try out one of those that has like the different maps on it or whatever, yeah. the different advances. Those, those seem kind of cool. 
yeah those csis and the, the one two trees and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's a couple different companies that make them um yeah man i've heard really good things you know from those there's on the mark one forum there's a big discussion going on about distributors right now and that keeps coming up whether or not you should do electronic or points or you know right. the maps the different maps and stuff so yeah it's always fun fun cole you ready for the uh, patty probe Oh, man, I am ready. Let's go. All righty. First question. Uh, What's your favorite mini variant? Oh, man. Um, So I think I've owned just about every mini variant. Um, The only one I really have is the the Moak or like the Wosley. Um, Mm -hmm. I always thought that the mini pickup was my favorite variant um, until I owned one. And I'm six foot two. (laughs) <laughs> and I owned it for about six months. I, I brought that one in from Canada. Ended up selling it um, because I just didn't fit. Like everything I did, like I tried sitting my seat as low as possible. I tried aftermarket seats, tried everything and just like could not get comfortable in that. So um, I'm going to say the just the two-door saloon, man, the little race car. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. The the pickup, I think, is the only one that's very difficult to fit in. And I'm like five. Yeah seven on a good day and i sat in my buddy ricky's and and i obviously fit but i could totally like there's no more room to go back yeah <laughs> you're yeah, you're, no, yeah. Exactly. so if you're any if you're any taller than that five if you're five eight and up you're you're pushing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i think you answered basically this in our conversation but you've had like seven minis and you currently have Two and a half, I guess, because you're sitting in one. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. A series Honda swap or other? I mean, that's a that's a simple one for me. It's definitely always going to be an A series. I think I need Sacrilege to change to this. Put anything else? Oh, there we go. <laughs> I think I need to change this one for the ones that I know are obviously A series fanboys like me to like uh, <laughs> like eight fifty nine nine eight nine nine seven twelve seventy four. You know, like. <laughs> What, you've oh, no, had sure, you've had sure. a bunch of different ones. Which uh, engine has been your favorite? Nine nine eight, hands down. Like I love it because it's got that like really square like board to stroke ratio, so mm-hmm. you can just rev them like crazy. Twelve seventy fives are good. You get that little extra power, but I just like love love how you can rev it a nine nine eight. Yeah, I've heard such good things about nine nine eights, and and still up in the air of. I have a spare engine in my garage and it's still up in the air if it's a 998 or a 1098. So I got to kind of crack her open and figure it out. But um, it's on the list to to build a little cool brace <laughs> engine one of these days. Yeah. yeah, no, they're they're awesome, man. What has been your favorite mini modification or one that you want to incorporate? Oh, man. Um well, for me, I think the the most satisfaction I've gotten from like a single project was building a roll cage, like bespoke from the ground up, welded in. Like I think that was the most fun thing that I've done. Yeah, that's incredible, man. That's a that takes a lot of uh, hard work, talent, dedication to kind of get that going. I mean, in oh, theory, yeah. it's like all right, I'm just gonna you know kind of fit some some pipes in there, but the bends and making sure it's like nice and tight and and properly yeah. is it did you weld it all the way in or is it like a bolt in no it's it's welded in and it's crazy the the amount of math that goes into getting the angles and yeah. like getting this stuff all like correct 
and it, it's kind of crazy. So when you look at the regulations for like roll cages, there's so many specific regulations like that back brace off of the main hoop. It has to be 30 degrees or more from the, the main hoop. So when you look at a mini, it's like, oh, well, that's easy. You just do 30 degrees, no problem. The, with this car, though, I needed the seat to be so far back because I'm so tall that it then puts the main hoop really close to that back bulkhead. And then the other part of that regulation is the top of that rear brace has to be within six inches of the top of the roll bar. So now getting within six inches of the top of the roll bar and also 30 degrees without going through that bulkhead is so tough. Like it's right at 30 degrees. Like if you measure it just a little bit off, it might be 29 and a half, but it's like right at 30 degrees. Like, so yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Just kind of figuring that stuff out and following all the different rule books, making sure that like it was going to be, you know, to spec and, and past tech. Yeah, that's super cool. That's something after, you know, talking with you, um, something that even though I may or may not race the S, but build it based off of a race specs, you know, because it's kind of fun to follow that rule book and make it within uh, standard um, kind of uh, specs like that instead of just willy nilly throwing in a cage or something like that. Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's fun. Like it's, it's fun. Like the research that goes into it is, is fun. Just making sure you're kind of following everything. I think the, the next race car, if I build another one would be an appendix K like following like their, their rules. Not that I'd ever like take it over to Europe to race, but I just like think like how in depth they are with their rules is like, it's pretty cool. Like yeah. the fact that you can't run high lows, you have to run aluminum trumpets. <laughs> so like what they, what they do is they set their ride height with a high low pull that high low out and then cut the trumpet down to match the high low. So then you have the same ride height, but it's not adjustable. Yeah. That's kind of so, cool actually to think, uh, you know, high lows are so easy to kind of mess around with, but if you already set the, the ride height and then you pull out and machine down the trumpet, like it's yeah. your ride heights golden. It's not going to, yeah. Huh. Until you buy new donuts. Oh, then, well, that's true. Yeah. like a monster truck again. <laughs> that's true. <Yeah. laughs> or you just uh, you set it with brand new donuts, and uh, so it's only going down from there. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite wheel? Oh, man. Um, I think the, the ones that are on the race car right now are probably, like, one of my all-time favorites. There, It's a Compomotive VF uh, 10 by 5 wheel. It's gold, um, super rare. I actually reached out to Compomotive because they're still around. I was like, hey, man, like, any plans to ever remake these? And the guy's like, nope, those molds are, you know, those those are long gone. We're never going to make those again. Take care of those because those are super rare. And I'm like, wow. yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. racing them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, but no, those are, those are kind of one of my favorites. Um, like second place would definitely have to be Steelies. Like I love the look of Steelies. Yeah. Um, if they made like a, a, a 10 by five, like alloy Steely, um, I think I'd probably be running it Do on they the race not? car. But they make the four and a half um, Steelies. John Brown, I think they, I think they started making like a, I think it might even be like a six by 10 Steely, but it's like really wide offset. Yeah. And I don't think it, I don't think it'd look, I think it's kind of similar to like a 918 mm -hmm, where it's got mm -hmm. that really, wide offset but yeah yeah because i think like mini spares or something makes a aloe one but it's four and a half inch yeah mm. yeah which i've i've run those on like lots of my minis in the past and i love it because it gives you that steely look but 
but also like lightweight. And yeah. No, I like good. those a lot. Yeah, Steelys are always uh, cool. I remember, you know, growing up, I was always like, uh, it had to be a cool wheel. And then, you know, once you kind of get into vintage cars, you're like, why the hell did the Steelys just look so good on <laughs> on these cars? I don't know. I, I can't. Know. I, that just, it doesn't make sense, but they do. Oh, yeah. Uh, so far, what has been the most pain in the ass job you've uh, uh, done on your Mini? <laughs> okay, so I've, been a faithful listener every episode I've listened to, right? And every time, like, you come to this question, in my head, I always come up with, like, oh, what's the worst job? Every week it changes because every week I go through another pain in the ass job and I'm like, nope, that's the worst. Yeah. Um, I think some of the recent, like, most pain in the ass jobs, um, installing the, the U joints, um, drive axle to the, the gearbox, I think that's, that's one of the, the worst. Um, painting a roll cage is probably one of the worst like trying to get behind every bar is just like such a pain in the ass yeah um oh man yeah there's so many pain in the ass jobs there really are there really is a ton it's like (laughs) they're all so easy but because it's so many that it just makes it so difficult (laughs) no for sure i mean i'm super lucky with this race car because it does have that flip front so like i flip the front slide it off its little hinges and i can like pull the motor out it like I can have the motor out in like less than an hour. It's super easy. Right. Um, so that does make things easier, but I think that I, I just need, um, I don't know. I just want to switch up the, the drive shafts. I want to get rid of those, those Q 5000s or whatever they're called. QH. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The, the U joints. The U joint ones. Yeah. 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 Would it go to pot joint or, uh, or like a hearty spicer? <sighs> I, I, w- I would definitely go to Hardy Spicer if I can find the, the parts, which I, I think Swift Tune. I, I was just going to say, Swift Tune just. Yeah, I think Swift like makes a... them, but they're always out of stock and they're <laughs> quite expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, there's think, all these little uh, things that I want to upgrade. But... I think you can buy the uh, reput uh, production ones from like mini spares and stuff like that. I think oh, they have. Nice. I'll have to look. The yeah. inner joint, I think. I don't know how, what like yeah. actually entails like with the splines for the diff and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to switch that up because I think the the output shafts are different, and I yeah. think the output covers are different as well because the the size difference. Because I know re- I remember when I was reaming the the output bushings for my gearbox, like there's the different size bushings, and there's a different size for the the Hardy Spicer. So pretty yeah. sure that is different. But I think that's such a worthwhile <laughs> upgrade, man. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty beefy. Uh, if you could have a drink, coffee, beer, tea with one mini celeb, who would it be? Oh, um, man, there's been some good ones, right? Yeah, yeah um, this I'm going to have to go with Pat question. Moss. Yeah, I'm going with Pat Moss. I think she'd be awesome to, to have a gin and tonic with and just talk like old school rally. That's a good one. I, yeah. You guys come up with some good answers, man. I, I I need to like think of my own, and maybe I'll patty probe myself <laughs> one day. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, let's see. I added a couple new ones the last couple uh, episodes here. Uh, what is your favorite mini color? Oh, there's so many good ones. Yeah. Um, so the Cooper that I have out in California, we're going to be painting that almond green. Um, I absolutely love almond green. It's definitely like high up on the list. I think that that surf blue is probably my favorite mini color, though. 
Yeah. Like I've never owned a Surf Blue Mini, but like it's just like it just looks sixties. You know what I mean? It like does. it just looks right on a Mark One. Um especially like a Mark One Cooper with that the white roof. It just yeah. looks good. Have you ever seen Fiesta Yellow in person? I've never seen one in, in person, no. Oh dude, I saw one and I was like, What is this color? It's so cool in person. <laughs> it's yeah. it, I mean, I don't know if it was a respray for his original and it was faded or whatever, but it, it it was like such a weird limey yellow, but so soft and like unlike any other color I've ever seen. I dude, that's one of my top. And you don't ones. see it you don't see it often. Like like no. I was at uh East Meets West back in twenty nineteen and there's so many red, you know, like tartan yeah. red everywhere. Right. Um I don't think there was a single almond green and I don't remember a, a Fiesta Yellow. And no. like that's like one of the, the bigger mini meets, right? And like if they don't show up there, like where do yeah. they show up? So yeah, yeah, it's it's a cool color in person for sure. Almond green is definitely a fantastic color. Um, you know, surf blue, all those. Yeah, there's there's so many cool ones. It's it's hard, but I, I think it's like it's got to be on the right car too. It like yeah, you know, it's interesting. All right, man, I appreciate you being on. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm sure I'll be able to uh, splice that together. Um, nice. Where can the people find you if they want to follow this uh, race car build? Yeah, yeah. No, so I mean pretty much just on Instagram is kind of the only social media I do. Um, you can search for me, c.liggett. Um, Liggett like the, the cigarettes, <laughs> if you're wondering how to spell that. So. <laughs> nice. For all you non-smokers out there, I will link it in the description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I. I appreciate just that you're doing these these podcasts. It's cool to learn about all these different people out there with their minis and their stories and and uh yeah, no, it's been been fun kind of listening along with you. Yeah, no, it's been it's been fun. It's hard uh to uh schedule um you know with all the different time zones and stuff like that, but it's super fun, super interesting. Um, you know, it's 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 like hearing your story how you've found your minis it's just that alone to me is is always fun so for sure man i appreciate you being on